Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Hey guys, welcome back. So, going through the 1990s as a 20-something cancer survivor, there really wasn't much about your quality of life or your dignity. Kind of like a, you're cured, go home, get over it, was therapy, and that is what we had. Fast forward 27 years, and the idea of being treated without dignity, you know, it's still not great, but there's a lot more attention to who you are as a person in addition to what you're dealing with. Enter Chat Rasden who had this great idea that what you put on your body, your threads, your garb, actually play into how you feel about yourself, especially when you have things like rashes and burns from radiation. You want to wear things that are comfortable. You have ports and all these things stuck inside your body. How about easy access to those things without taking your shirt off during grand rounds and 30 doctors in your room? Chat is the founder of Karenware, which you're going to learn about on the show today. I've been a fan of this guy and his products since 2014, when we first met at CancerCon. He's joining me here for some founder therapy and retail therapy and cancer therapy, as well as to talk about why he lists his high school on his LinkedIn profile. Let's get started. Good to see you. You too. I mean, see you. I know. It's weird, right? What's that about? I could not be happier to be seeing people again. Yeah. I mean, it's good to be seen. Yes. But it's good to see. Well, you know, for me, it might not be as good to be seen, but it's good to see people. Face or radio? uh, (laughs) Everyone tells me I'm a radio. All my friends say you've got the best radio voice. I'm like, I don't know what they're trying to say. But can you talk like this? Yeah, I can't. You're too cool. (laughs) On the midnight shift, (laughs) a little romance tonight. Love it. (laughs) In all seriousness, we yeah. got a lot to talk about here, yes. but I, I want to first start with a, um, a bit of a gotcha question. Okay. There has to be a reason why you list your high school on LinkedIn. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. It's actually my elementary through high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was there for 12 years. The reason that I listed out there is honestly, all of my past has been a part of helping me create Karen Wire. And I think it's... When you think about the amazing people that I learned from, the teachers that helped inspire me, honestly, from the earliest days, that's why I think having your high school is important. I would have my kindergarten on there. In fact, I should probably add that. I wonder if they're even on LinkedIn. You can create it, can't you? Probably can, actually. I Yeah, something I'm going to look into. I'm going to see if PS4 on Staten Island is on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> that was my kindergarten. It might be. It might be. Uh, no, I all bad jokes aside, I think it's it's pretty incredible just... I met so many amazing people growing up and helped mold me into who I am, teach me about 
dedication, work ethic, and caring. Like caring and empathy is what caring. Wait, I'm sorry. Empathy? What? Yeah. This is America. Sorry. 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 Get out. I know. We don't have empathy here. I know. I'm already at the edges, right? <laughs> um, but that that's what our company is about, and that's something that I learned from the earliest days, and I always thought it was important to give credit to where credit's due. Yeah, and this is this was in the, the D.C. area? Baltimore, yeah. Nor- yeah. Uh, the suburbs of Baltimore, like 15 minutes north. Was it tough? Uh, the school? No, uh, I mean the, just growing up there. Oh, no. You know, I've I watched mean, The Wire. Come yeah. on. So it's funny. Anyone you meet from Baltimore actually hasn't watched The Wire. Really? Uh, okay. We always joke like we live through it and all that. But <laughs> honestly, it's like any what I assume is anywhere. Like, I mean, I lived in the suburbs, not in the city. So I wasn't seeing gunshots every day type of thing. Yeah. I think very, very driven people. And um, I mean, I still love going back. No, that's great. Yeah. So you're a man of Indian descent. I am. I'm, I'm a yeah. Jew. We yeah. have the exact same culture. <laughs> Food, guilt, marriage, all that stuff. Yeah. Talk about your upbringing. Yeah. So I uh, grew up with two parents that were full-on immigrants. Uh, I was actually born in India, but born a U.S. citizen. So moved here when I was like two months old. My mom skipped three grades uh, growing up. So, you know, I would come home. Typical Indian household, come home with an A. Parents are pissed that I don't have an A+. Plus. Um, <laughs> Not good enough. 98, yeah. what's wrong with you? Yeah, exactly. Um, ended up graduating, I think, second in the class. And my parents were very upset that it wasn't first. But all bad jokes aside, really was taught how to work hard the entire time. Their definition of success was doing everything to see their children better off than they were. And so uh, both grew up dirt poor, moved their families from the from India to the U.S., truly were living the, Indian, the American dream and just helped inspire my sister and I to – my sister's now a lawyer. I'm a founder, and it's been great to have their backing and to know that they're behind us. My dad uh, and mom, if you ever look at our Facebook posts or Instagram posts – You'll probably see my parents liking everything and commenting. <laughs> You're um, the ones following me. Yeah, exactly. Um, they'll, they'll start. They will be the listener of this they, episode. They are gonna not only listen it; they're gonna record it and play it for everyone that walks into their house. So, are you first in the family? I to am get first. MBAs and um, so my. I mean, my mom's a doctor, oh. so she's way smarter than my sister and I. Um, what kind of doctor? Uh, anesthesiologist. Wow, the, the, that's an under. Like an understated profession. Yes. Like it's so important. Yeah. They just kind of show up. Yeah, no, they... no. You please do your job. Yeah. You're fantastic. Save my life. Yeah. No, exactly. And they are the ones that are there first, right? Because they have to prep and all that. So my mom would leave the house before 5 a.m. most days, work pretty late. You have calls and all that. But it was inspiring. And I think because of them, I got to be in the hospital a lot, both as following my mom around uh, and bothering her when she was on call mm-hmm. um, to and getting to eat. Cafe- I'm probably the only person that used to like hospital cafeteria food for my sister and, and I. And yet you're still here. And still here, still going into hospitals. But uh, And you're talking like 1980s hospital yeah, food. Yeah, 1980s hospital food. The good food. kind. Yeah. We had, uh, they had this amazing grilled chicken sandwich. Which was just delicious. You, you can, sure it was made of chicken back I then? I mean, you know, <laughs> now that I think about it, maybe, maybe not. Right. Uh, but you could put whatever toppings you wanted. And I'm a big pickles fan, and they ah. had unlimited pickles. See, that's um, the Jew in you. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that's probably why I'm in New York now, exactly. right? Access to pickles. Oh, my God. You know, there is a pickle store. Yes. On Bleecker Street. Yeah. Yeah. No, I need to start going there. I've only had them from other friends that have them, and I'm over their place and eat them. 
But right. I need to start going myself. Well, just to date ourselves. I mean, yes. I think we're both in our 40s or Late 30s, similar. Yeah, yeah, sadly. yeah. Like Gen X. I, Gen yes. X. Yeah. So that pickle place in the 19... My parents took me there in the yeah. 1980s with my brother. And back then, you could just put your hand in the barrel and fish out pickles. Really? They let you get away with it. Wow. Yeah, times And change. now today's like tongs and they yeah. have to do it for you and like you got to wear a hazmat suit. I was actually at a conference just now right before this and they had sandwiches and tongs for the sandwiches, but the tong didn't open up the full way of the sandwich. <laughs> and so I literally said, and you, it's with all hospital executives, so yeah. you really don't want to be that guy just reaching in and grabbing. Yeah. And so I literally spent, I think, five minutes figuring out how to open the tong enough to be able to grab the sandwich. Yeah. And then I just spilled half the contents on the tray and then had to individually pick them up. Right. And let's not forget that George Gossan's a double dip. Oh, yeah. Can't do that. You dipped. Yeah. And you dipped again. Yeah. No, I uh, <laughs> I was actually a germaphobe growing up, so I was very anti-double dip. I'm not going to oh, lie. Really? Yeah. Uh, but my way around it is you just dip really strongly. You just dip so really strongly. <laughs> if you ever see me eating chips and guac, you're going to notice a lot of guac on that chip. So again, in in kind of stalking your career yes. history, yeah. you've kind of been uh, a man of curiosity, sure. to say the yeah. least. I mean, you were always like challenging the status quo and why is this a thing and can mm-hmm. I, can it just be a little better? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I went to UVA undergrad. There, we don't call ourselves freshmen, sophomore, junior, seniors. We do first, second, third, fourth years. Mm. Everyone says it's because we have big egos. We say uh, it's because we feel like we're always learning. Thomas Jefferson always said, you never stop learning. And so we would say we're in our fourth year of learning rather than our senior year. And I think I always did like to challenge myself. That's probably with my upbringing of my parents kind of challenging me to take the hardest classes, et cetera. At UVA, I would always take extra credits. When I went to Chicago for my MBA, I did the same thing where I was taking extra classes. You just have an incredible opportunity to learn. Why wouldn't you? And I think that that's something that came out probably more so on the classroom side. Mm -hmm. Um, And then professionally, I was very fortunate to work for both Kearney and Goldman Sachs, where both of them kind of teach you to always be thinking, what can we do better? How can we improve? and have very strong attention to detail. And I think that that's something that's always driven me. Right, and the Jewish version is, this is stupid. Yeah. Why is it stupid? Can we make it less stupid? Right. (laughs) So flipping that. I mean, I think that's why you and I are both entrepreneurs now, right? Is we saw problems and we said, we've got to make this better. And speaking of that, I mean, again, trolling your backstory, you know, we're all overnight successes that took 30 years. Yeah, no, exactly. But you kind of invented things that I think have gone under the radar at this point now. I found out like this thing called Line Jump. Oh, boy. And it was, by the way, just as a funny fact, I, Mm -hmm. I read that it was launched in 2009. And I was going to say, like, where were you in 08 when I wanted Billy Joel tickets to Shea Stadium? Yeah. No, it was a business school. It started in business school. Uh, We were part of what they call the New Venture Challenge, where a bunch of guys kind of sat around being like, to your point, what is broken? How can we fix it? Without the word Uh, stupid. Without Yeah, we weren't smart (laughs) enough to think of the word stupid, unfortunately. And so we were just like, oh, well, we hate. You know, in business school, you're going to bars all the time and you would hate having to spend an extra 20 minutes when you're trying to leave waiting for your credit card back. And so we were like, well, why don't we create an app that lets you connect to the POS and not have to worry about giving them your credit card? Mm -hmm. Big lesson was if you start a tech company, make sure someone on your team knows how to code. Uh, (laughs) We were four guys that ended up going into finance and none of us really knew how to code. So Mm -hmm. that was a, a little bit of a drawback. And then the second thing was learning a lot about the industry, 
POS systems that we were connecting to actually weren't backwards compatible. By the way, for the listeners, POS Sorry. is not piece of shit. It's no, point of sale. It is point of sale, yeah. Um, they, Jewish, POS, piece of shit. They sometimes yeah. could be considered crap, but <laughs> um, what's it called? Point of sale. None of them were backwards compatible at the time. So if a bar would upgrade it, you would have to recode and do like reconnect with that bar's POS. And so, and that would make it a POS. In your case, and wait, did it work on like Nokia flip, flip phones? <laughs> it did not. It was an iPhone app. Uh, so we okay. started with the iPhone. I was going to go with like Microsoft Zune or something. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Or the ZTE phone. Oh, God. Yes. Yeah. I actually had a ZTE phone. I was staffed in Cameroon in Africa for three months working for a wireless telecom provider. And so they gave me a local phone to use, and it was a ZTE. Wow. They're actually pretty good, not going to lie. Wait, what was your first cell phone? Um, you remember? Yeah. So my first cell phone or my the one that I first used? Well, the one that worked. Yeah. So my parents, my dad would let me use his cell phone in the early days when I was driving somewhere without him. Like 90s? Uh, so I would have been 16, so... 1999. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that was the Motorola flip phone, and then switched like to the, the StarTac or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then switched to the Nokia 8260, where mm-hmm. Snake obviously was the best Snake. game ever. Yeah, I don't know how that game. How someone who knew how to code made that. Yeah, I mean, someone definitely knew how to code on that. Greatest game ever, still. Yeah. Um, no, I would contend that the, the Tetris on Game Boy, that was great, is the best yes, game ever. That was a very good game. Yeah. I was always a sports guy, so I always liked playing sports games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but Tetris was pretty great. I didn't have a Game Boy, though. Okay. Because, um, you know. Changed my world in high school. Oh, yeah. I mean, I uh, I think I ended up getting Nintendo and loved that. I actually, I literally at the gym called this one exercise the Nintendo track and field exercise. Oh, wow. You know, the like the squatting side to yeah. side, the <laughs> runner squat. My Our trainer is going to be pissed that I don't remember the actual name of it. But yeah, it's still in my mind. It's the Nintendo, the Nintendo stretch. Yeah. So one more before we go to break. Yes. Another yeah. app that you started was like the, um, the precursor to Spot Hero. Oh, like, yeah. Am I reading that right? Yeah. So I didn't start it. I wasn't the founder. Okay. I was employee number 11. Uh, helped grow the team to over 20, and it was lit- it was actually acquired by Spot Hero. So, oh, there you go. Yeah, so I now own a little equity in Spot Hero. It's by the way, not a sponsor, but I'm a big fan. Yeah, it's great. I mean, look, if you need to get parking ahead of time, these apps are wonderful, wonderful inventions. I realize that if you're going to be working for a company, you probably want to be inspired by what they're building mm-hmm. and feel. A part of their mission, and as someone that lives in New York City and doesn't own a car, working for a company helping finding parking wasn't the most integral part of that my life. That is strangely ironic. I've never thought about that. Yeah. So I uh, left after a year to start Karen Noir. All right. We'll be right back with Chet to talk about, oh, my God, dignity and fashion and cancer. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. 
Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. So I was diagnosed, as most people know, like, in the stone age of the mid 1990s where get over it was therapy yeah and uh just go home yeah (laughs) we're done yeah you know wash your hands at this stuff and good luck and uh just the idea of of empathy (laughs) the idea of being thought of as a human being yeah who happened to be 21 and not whatever whatever i'm I, i talk about this all the time on the show with my guests i'm a huge fan of how history is a huge teacher yeah, in the in the, through, through the lens of advocacy across the last fifty years, specifically, I, I mean, oncology was like the umbrella for everything else. Totally. And I remember joining Livestrong mm-hmm. like seven years after I was like wandering the earth, like what's going on. We in got my life. our first check ever from Livestrong, actually. That's great. That was the first money we ever took in. They changed my life. Yeah. Like, what do you mean you care about me? Yeah. <laughs> what does that even mean? Yeah. And then in starting my career in the in the young adult cancer universe, mm-hmm. it wasn't really at all about cure. No. It was about e- empathy, quality of life, the dignity of dealing with this stuff, not feeling ashamed, anti-emetics and, and fertility preservation and mental health. Like, this is not about medicine. This is about people. Yeah. And just the idea of your idea of like, can, can I get something that doesn't make me feel like shit. I already feel like shit. Yeah. I want to wear something. It didn't occur to us that it was even possible to be, uh, where can fashion, where can nutrition actually wind up helping us? Because it was just so beyond the mind's eye. Yeah. And I think there were little things here and there. Remember when we started our e-commerce platform in like 08? Yeah. We tried to find like the softest cotton t-shirts that didn't feel like shit. Yeah. And, you know, they said like, you know, what, testicles are for losers. Who needs eyebrows anyway? Like really funny things. But yeah, we got all sorts of, you know, not really complaints. They were happy we were building this fashion community with comedy. But yeah, a real lesson in like, you know, if you have a scar or a port or you're missing something or like you're... All these things that you, you know, the invisible side yeah. of the stuff are covered up by things you should be wearing in society. Right. You know, we're all born of our condition. What was the spark? Like, this is something we can do. Yeah. Um, honestly, it started because I had loved ones diagnosed with cancer, getting treatment through what's called a pick line. The simplest way to describe it is an IV tube that goes in your arm and connects to your heart. And so because of that, if it, if it moves, it's sticking outside of your arm for the duration of your treatment. So for some people, that's two weeks. For some people, that's 12 months. For like some it's a people, hole in your like, body, basically. Basically, yeah. And so you would have this 
basically lines sticking outside of your arm and you now with technology you can go about your daily life right you can go to work you can go to school you can go to the movies we've actually had uh runner like collegiate runners wearing it while running so you could do a lot of incredible things but everyone was te- being told to wear a sock on their arm and so I saw three people wearing socks on their arms and was like, this sucks. There's got to be something better. And so just to your point earlier about curiosity and always wanting to try and solve it, saw the sock. I knew there was nothing I could really do, right? Like with the pain that they were going through, I couldn't relieve that pain. Uh, with the loss of taste, I mean, I could show it with chocolate and they might tell me this is like, I can't taste anything. Mm-hmm. I could give you flowers, but those would die shortly. Like... I thought, hey, there's got to be something we can do for this sock. And so just started working with nurses and doctors. Very fortunately was connected to the teams at Johns Hopkins and UVA who gave tons of hours just out of love of trying to, to your point of empathy and caring about their patients, said, we want to help you. And so started creating a better sock and that kind of evolved into our pick line cover. One of the examples I had preceding this was a company called Lymphadivas. Yes. Remember them? Yeah, lymphedema I think they're still around. They are, yeah. But the just the whole idea of the dignity of having lymphedema yeah. while you're struggling to hopefully live through this process, it, it's a horrible side effect. It's a better problem to have than dying. But right. where can your quality of life and your dignity and your body image and your self, identity of self yeah. be a little more mitigated? Right. And just like they did a great job. Anyone listening that's been affected by lymphedema or knows someone is, Lymphedivas, a fabulous organization, and they make basically fashion-driven sleeves that, A, do their medical job, but also don't make you feel awkward, and they're kind of cool. Yeah. No, and I think, honestly, the most important thing and the thing that I'm forever grateful, and I mean, it's how we met, right? Like, I cold emailed you. You had started stupid cancer. I thought this was cool. I said, and I didn't reject you. You didn't. You not only didn't reject me. You said, "Wow, this is cool." And you and Kenny were like, "We got to partner together." And I'm like, uh, "Well, I've got no reach or anything." But yeah, I'd love to partner with you. And you guys were willing to give your time. You told me what you thought of our products. Thankfully, it was positive. Um, <laughs> These but, are terrible. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I think that in the early days is. I mean, I was a, an outsider, if you will, right? Like, and I'm less of an outsider than some others might be because I have seen loved ones going through it. I My mom's a doctor. I've been in the hospital. I was a patient numerous times with other things. And so the fact that everyone I talked to was excited to give their feedback. I mean, I remember talking to probably over a thousand nurses at this point uh, in the early days and they all wanted, were returning phone calls, which is unheard of when you're building a startup. People normally don't return your phone calls. People were all excited to help me build it. And I realized pretty quickly, like, hey, there's something special here. And there's that tells you there's a need when people are returning a cold call and they've never met you or returning an email, never met you and things like that. And I think when you think about empathy, it's it's the people that are going through it that inspire me the most. And I've talked to our investors now about this, where it's like, I can never give up, right? Like people that have much- Well, it's like entrepreneurial dopamine. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's just like, wow, this is incredible. Like I need to keep figuring this out and keep working. And you think about it from, I mean, if we're focused on oncology, because we'll get to your business, you've scaled beyond, which is fantastic. You know, it really is about what you didn't know you needed. Yes, and no one, no one can't wait to get cancer and wear your stuff. Right. <laughs> that's, that's how things work. No, it, 
it's a weird company, right? Where I hope that you never need our products. Bingo, bingo. Um, but if you're made aware of it, yes. Where's this been on my life? Yeah, no, exactly. And we've talked about this with a number. Like we now today partner with Oscar De La Renta, which. It's amazing, right? Say hello for me, by the way. Yeah, I will. We had lunch like two weeks ago. Yeah. Alex and Eliza are wonderful human beings. Oscar, as you may know, actually passed away from cancer, and it's something that's super personal to them. And we've talked a lot about, hey, these are amazing products. The feedback, I mean, we've gotten loads of surveys from patients. I mean, I can attest. Like, yeah. Again, like this isn't really an advertisement for this. No. But it's it's but it's if a it product is, of history if you and, go and to, progress. I was gonna say if it is an ad, if you go to Karenware.com. I mean it will, is no, an I'm ad, kidding. but I mean like my endorsement of this is yeah, yeah. is not like go buy this stuff. It's like right. this is a sign of societal progress yeah. and recognition of the I keep saying the better problems to have. Yes. Is now there's something that's about dignity. Well, if you think about it like Historically, there were all these studies in hospital rooms, right? Like the color of the paint on the wall Mm -hmm. impacts your recovery. And it's like, okay, well, if what's around me is going to impact my recovery, why isn't what I'm wearing impacting my recovery as well? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we've gotten some pretty good data on that. Like with our patient gowns, you see more than a two to one kind of return when you're getting to wear our gowns rather than the traditional open back gowns. I mean, do you ask your customers for feedback? We do, yeah. So everyone that buys from our website gets surveyed. Uh, we partner, when we, we sell to hospitals as well. When hospitals buy our products, we ask them for feedback. And what I tell everyone is we'll never have a final version. So right. you think about Gmail, right? Gmail for over 10 years had beta in their logo. Yes, that's right. And that's hundreds of millions of people, and they were still willing to say this is not a final product. Mm -hmm. We do the same thing with our pick covers. For example, some nurses said we wish that your mesh window had a little more visibility. And we said, great, our next production run, we made that happen. And I think that's something that we preach day in and day out, that we don't want a final version. Like We want to continually get better, and that's how you build that connection with your community. Right, but it's also like a real Venn diagram between consumer and care. Yes. I mean, I kind of just your company name. That's <laughs> what yeah. it is. Karen Ware. Yeah. I, I, again, I, I really just think about like people that are getting chemotherapy or radiation. There are burns. Yes. I mean, there's creams now that we didn't even have back right. then. Right. But yeah, you're just walking around reminded of, you know, don't look under my hood, but yeah. you look great. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. And now the goal is that you can go about your daily life and not worry about how you look and focus on other things in your life that are going on. I think I know the answer to this, but mm-hmm. have you considered looking at this as an evidence-based mental health, like a clinical trial kind of thing? Yeah, um, we're definitely always open. Um, I think we haven't run our own clinical trial. We've gotten data kind of showing increased patient satisfaction and stuff like that. We've now started to get other data as well. So the PICC line covers, for example, the Mayo Clinic ran a three-year study without telling us, which is amazing when a customer does that for you. Wow. Um, found 78% reduction in migrations from using our covers. I used to pitch people 5%. So when they came back with 78, I was like, wow. This is phenomenal. That's data. Yeah, that's, that's real incredible. data. Yeah, and that's, I mean, you talk about one of the world's leading cancer hospitals in the, uh, it's just pretty amazing to have people like that uh, behind backing you and really helping you drive forward. I mean, it does harken back to the late 1990s. A lot of the breast cancer ward yeah. die-ins yeah. were demanding not better treatments, but like anti-emetics right. and white cell 
Yeah. You know, like emend or whatnot. Yeah. It wasn't about cure. It was about like, I deserve to not be as, like, like I shouldn't be suffering this much. Yes. And this is a wonderful extension of that into like just modern day consumption. Yeah. No, exactly. All right. Let's do a little founder therapy. Yeah. To round out the the episode. I I pulled this article Uh about you from a couple, maybe it was a while ago. Five things I wish someone told me before I became the CEO. Oh, boy. (laughs) Can you think of like a few of them? Yeah. Pick two um, or five, maybe. I mean, what I would have said. That was what, in like 20 Was it like, don't do it? <laughs> no. Um, I think it was probably be, one of them was definitely ask for help, right? Like mm-hmm. I think being a founder is a very lonely journey, whether you're a lone solo founder or have co-founders. At the end of the day, it's still you against the world. And being able to go out and ask for help, I think is so important. In the early days, we had over 10 advisors that were super helpful for the company who still many of them remain heavily involved in helping us kind of create better products, think about how to get awareness out, think about how to sell, think about how to just build out our operations and teams. And I think that that's something that's super important. The second thing is probably that I probably would have said is recognize the wins. I think as founders, you do a terrible job of thinking about how far you've gone, right? I mean, even looking at your office and from where you started to where you are now, right? Like this is something that you should be proud of and should celebrate. I'm guessing it's something that you probably celebrated once for like two seconds and then moved on with life. I want a new one. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, I mean, we're now starting to, we just got a new office two years ago and we're already like, okay, time to move into something much bigger. You need something nicer. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I want brick walls. Yeah. And so I think that that's something that founders don't do a great job of is celebrating their success. I think we have been around for eight and a half years now. So obviously we- Overnight success. Yeah, exactly. And it's taking a step back and just recognizing that. I think the third thing is kind of remembering why you're doing it. I think that- there's going to be days where stuff is not going your way at all. And it's just remember that and be persistent in figuring out whatever solution you need to achieve. And just final thoughts here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a press release today as of this taping Yeah, that you're now in, um, what is it, chest access block? I mean, we didn't even talk about you're outside of oncology now. Yeah. You're all over healthcare, helping yeah. lots of people. But what's this particular announcement yeah, about? Yeah, so we, um, we have a couple of solutions for chest access in general for access to the port, anytime you need to get to the chest. And so today we've added two new blouses. So one is a button-down blouse and one... Uh, is just a nice looking blouse with that open up and get you access to the port. So it was exciting to be able to expand our oncology section. To right. your to your point, we have expanded beyond, and so we want people to know that just because we're expanding into other areas doesn't mean that we don't care about all of our customers that we already have. And one of the pieces of feedback we've heard is. We love these shirts. We wish you had more designs, more colors, more types of shirts. Need like 80s ColecoVision graphics on them. Yeah, exactly. Um, One day I hope to be able to kind of print on demand and do whatever you want. We're not there yet, but... You need the like the the Macy's iron-ons from yeah, the late right? 70s. Yeah, right. I used to I mean, we still use those in the 90s growing yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Those are great. But no, it's it's uh it's a really proud moment for our team to be able to help even more people and to be able to give them choice and selection. Yeah. 
And just to echo that back as we close out, I mean, you're at CVS now. Yes. But you're like, why aren't we at Walmart yet? Yeah. <laughs> There's always going to be something else. Yeah, we're in over 800 CVS health hubs nationwide. We're really proud to be working with them. They just created a cancer section, and we're one of the core brands uh, that are part of that. And it's been a wonderful partnership. That's and, fantastic. Uh, yeah, no, we're excited to be working with them. Last question. Mm -hmm. When did you find out what an end cap was? Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably in... Google it, people. Yeah, exactly. Probably in 2014. Right. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know what a pick line was when I started right. the company and had to learn what that was. Yeah. All right. Chet Rasden, the founder and CEO of Care Plus Wear. Care Wear? Care and Wear. I know. It's like a plus sign? Yeah, because uh, we're here with you, right? So. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Care and wear. Care and wear. Without the ampersand. Without the ampersand. Right. Care and wear. Careandwear.com. That's right. My friend, eight years later, look at us. Congratulations on everything. Hey, I mean, thank you for being one of the first people to reply to me back in the early <laughs> days. It's uh, It's been a ride and it's been fun and it's been amazing to have people like you behind us. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. Gesundheit. Yeah. I'll see you next time. Out of Patience with Matthew Zachary is an Offscript Health production. The executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Andrew McDowell. It's mixed and edited by Kyle Moore. If you like the show, ratings and reviews are always welcome. Leave us a message anytime at 855-AUDIO-66. That's 855-AUDIO-66 to share your healthcare shitness with us, and we might just play them on the air on a future episode. For more information about this show and Offscript Health, visit offscript.com. That's offscript, no T, dot com.